Welcome to the Million Vegan Grandmothers podcast. And today I have Darren Ginn, beautiful musician. And I met Darren through a friend of mine, uh, beautiful, beautiful Jeff Francis, who started a company called, not a company, uh, an organization of, of artists and musicians called Bonobo TV. And can you carry on with that, Darren? Can you tell us a little bit about Bonobo? Yes, certainly. Bonobo. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, Bonobo TV. Actually, Jeff started that many years ago, and he had a run of success with it. Then things changed during his career and kind of faded into the background a little bit, just became dormant. So once we got together a few years ago and we gathered our international production team, so he decided to bring Bonobo TV back. So now we have Bonobo TV Publishing. So, and, and we do self-publishing. So Bonobo covers a wide range of multimedia productions. Uh, we have our writers, we have our filmmakers, we have our musicians. So, and we're doing a lot of collaborations. So it's, it's very alive and active. So for people that don't know, the Bonobo primate is a loved-based primate that's, you know, female, mostly female run, the feminine energy of the calming of, of back to love, the energy back to love. Is that is that how you describe it or how would you like to describe it? Uh, as far as the figure of Bonobo, yes. Then it's a very calming aspect, a very unifying aspect. So we do the balance of the masculine and the feminine. And fortunately, the people that are involved have got that great balance going on. So we don't have anything that's weighted too heavily from one side to the other. So we, we feel very fortunate to be able to have that. Well, we're so ha happy to have you here, Darren. And I want to dive into your music, a little bit about your history of your music, and sure. then coming to be a vegan activist through your music and then sending the message of love and peace and just share a little bit about that. Because I, um, I believe music is so cellular and so microbial, actually, and we know it actually changes the water even in our body, the messages of the water. So, and we're mostly water. So I was just, I'm actually just editing a piece of my work right now from my book on the HEAL protocol and the H stands for water. And I just know that somehow when I've listened to a beautiful piece of music, I'm changed somehow. Yes, it does that. It's, it's absolutely uh, goes across the board for everything. That's why they call it the universal language. Um, how far did you want me to go back with my history? Well, share whatever you like. I would, we would be happy to hear a little bit about your history and how music has uh, been such a big part of your life for so long. Well, going back to the, to the beginning, to my roots, really paints a big picture. So I can encapsulate that. I started playing organ when I was seven years old. Uh, my mother was the musician in the family. Uh, my father, as they say, couldn't carry a tune in the bucket. But <laughs> since they were they were born in the uh, the 20s uh, of last century, obviously, and things for my father were a bunch of the boys were whooping it up at the Malamute Saloon, things that they had to learn for school. But my mother was musical. 
she played by ear and she also played from music as well. So we had a little spinet organ and I was playing one time. She, she heard me playing around. So she came over and she played something and I repeated it to her. So next week I was in organ classes. So <laughs> that lasted for a year with that particular teacher. And I actually asked my parents, I was, then I was eight years old. I asked them for another teacher. So I said, I'm, I'm not learning enough from this. This is going nowhere. So they put me with a world-class accordionist and he was also a pianist and organist. So I started my journey on organ playing classical and contemporary. So I learned the whole thing with doing uh, classical organ with a lot of the pedal work and then contemporary organ where I was able to play pop tunes and classics. So that started it. And coming from that in junior high school, I gravitated to piano and I played both all the way through uh, college. And that's when I shifted over more to piano studies. And when I finished out with college, that's when I began my jazz studies. And that was strictly piano. So, but I was playing electronic instruments at the same time because that was making yourself viable, going out playing. Uh, my, the first instrument that I got, my parents bought me a portable organ and that's when I was 16. And they said, okay, go out and start working. <laughs> so just go out and start playing. Because I actually started playing out professionally when I was 15. And I was working with um, some of the people. We had one of the youngest big bands in the country you know, while we were in junior high school. So some of my friends were involved with uh, music. And one particularly they were doing a lot of, you would walk into their house and you thought you were going back into the 1940s. Everything was big band. So that, that's where I listened to a lot of the big band music. But my parents' collection of music, fortunately, was very eclectic. From classical to jazz. Um, back during those days, they would have these cocktail albums that the adults would have they get that everybody's got their highballs and their mixed drinks and they get together for their parties and they would put on these record albums which were a compilation of different artists and different styles so they had that um, they also had broadway so one of the first broadway albums that i was exposed to which in my opinion still was the best musical ever written west side story and so I listened tremendously to their record collection. So all of that solidifying in started that process with me of really thinking about music in such a way that it did have an effect on people. Because uh, it certainly did on me when I was listening to different styles of music. So once I started getting a little bit more aware of that, which was in actually in high school. And that's actually when I began my metaphysical journey by reading, uh, it was my brother's collection. I went through his books one time and I found Ram Das, Be Here Now. So that changed the entire equation. And when I started looking at that and started thinking about music 
and the effects on music. And when I would play, uh, watching the, the emotions of people, watching how they reacted to it. So that really started it. And it was also during that time in the early 70s is when I started being an activist. And that started when I was practicing Buddhism, uh, Nishun Shoshu Buddhism. One of the drummers that I worked with, who we're still friends with, um, brought me in and said, come and check this thing out. And he said, Namio Renge Kyo. So I said, okay, let me check this out. So that led to doing some protests, some marches. Uh, we were doing things in Washington, D.C. We were part of a huge national march where Buddhists came in from all over the country. We had a huge peace march, um, a tremendous fireworks display at the end. And we also were doing some things in New York with uh, also for peace and for the environment. Uh, we were at the Palladium in New York. We were building human towers and doing a, just a, a lot of different activity. So that really started it for me. And I just continued from there and I started tying everything together. Nice. I, was, I was thinking about how all of these things were relating, looking at the changes that were going on in the world around me and fortunately had some very observant friends. And you know, as well as anybody, when you start your metaphysical journey and you start exploring these things, then what comes to you is more of an awareness. Mm -hmm. So when you open up to that and something that really has stuck with me all these years, from reading Ram Das, Krishnamurti, um, Sai Baba, but from Krishnamurti, um, the observer and the observed. Hmm. So I that became a, an ongoing mantra, day and night practically for a number of years. So it brought a really huge amount of increased awareness. So during that time with my music, I gravitated to many different styles because I had but studied. You're, you're still in, you're, you're out of high school at this time. You said that you started really looking at the interconnection in high school, which is amazing. And then now you're in your twenties or thirties and you're still making and weaving all these connections yes. around music and peace and the ability to help people change. And did, were you vegan at this time yet? When did you go vegan? No, I was vegetarian at the time. It was 1975, I think it was. Um, I gave up meat for a month. I decided to, something just clicked in my head. Um, just stop for a month just to clean out my system. I completely lost my taste for meat. So that's when I started cooking my own meals, kind of bothered my mother a little bit. <laughs> so I was still living at home. Um, and <clears throat> my mother's side of the family is Armenian. <clears throat> so I grew up with a tremendous variety of foods. So here I am in the kitchen. You know, um, I bought a, a cookbook, um, an Indian cookbook. 
So here I am making my own curries and, you know, I was making chapatis and millet burgers and things. So that, that began the vegetarian journey. And it's a little over 20 years now that I've been vegan. And with my wife, Ali, like Muhammad Ali, floats like a butterfly, stings like a bee, and she does. Um, we were both vegetarian for many years. Fortunately for her, she actually could not digest meat as a young girl. So it was built in for her. She was vegetarian. So since I had gone vegetarian, and that was a good meeting place for us, as you know, it's much easier if with your partner that you're eating the same way. So I had just been waiting for her to uh, give me the signal. Um, she said, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go vegan. So that's, that's where that journey. Beautiful. It's so yeah. amazing to share that partnership with, because veganism isn't just about what we eat. It's, it's participating in a world of true ahimsa, you know, so that mm -hmm. we become homo ahimsa. Yes. Homo sapiens, which aren't very wise, we become the people of non-harm, ahimsa meaning non-harm, maybe the most beautiful word we've ever heard. Yes. So 20 years ago, that's a long journey for you. And how has your music um, changed since you become vegan? Well, just bringing in that level of compassion, uh, the real change happened three years ago. So even though I've been vegan all those years, um, and by the way, my, as you know, also your level of advocacy and activism can have a big change when you go vegan. So when I did that, it was right around the time of social media and Facebook came up. So I just went wild. I was posting. I was an overposter <laughs> because I felt so strongly about the connection to veganism, what it stood for. And the more that I delved into it and realized that this has an effect on everything, there's nothing that can be untouched. Um, one of the other aspects that I live by is that everything is inextricably connected and every thought and action affects the whole. And that's been a core truth that wisdom masters have taught since uh, throughout history. And science has proven that through biocentrism. So that's where you hear about a other a sibling on one side of the world does something and the sibling on the other side of the world does it. They've done it with cell structure. Uh, so it's, it's there. So when I was looking at that, um, all one is not just a concept. No, you're... it is. No, it is not. Uh, yeah. It's that's, that's the whole of the whole. <laughs> so so if we are participating, even if we're not doing the killing of the animals that are, you know, jerking on the slaughterhouse house floor that make the beef jerky that people think is so benign. Yes. We, are, we are energetically connected to that being. And as my doctor that I study with Dr. Gabriel Cousins said, we're actually eating their astral body of yes. their 
So we're eating their suffering. We're eating their, their imprisonment. We're eating their, we're eating their abandonment and um, stealing of the babies. We're eating the rape of, of the mothers. We're eating it all. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. That, that was a very popular meme that has been out for many years. I haven't seen it posted for a while, but it is in my collection. I've got a collection of probably a couple of thousand memes because I grabbed everything that came across the internet. And that's the one. It says, when you eat the animals, you are eating the terror, the fear, the slaughter, the, and just everything that, that you mentioned. So it is. That's That's all in there. So I'll make this a little bit shorter. So when I was posting like that, I was actually living in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. My hometown is Philadelphia, by the way. So it was a great town to grow up in musically and culturally uh, and food-wise too. So when I went vegetarian, it was, oh, okay, there's a lot of good food out here, a lot of vegetarian restaurants. So, um, <clears throat> so when I was posting a lot of these things on Facebook, because... I was feeling that for actually for many years before that, an artist has a responsibility. Mm. You, much like an influencer, a celebrity, you have, a, to me, you have a built-in responsibility to help guide and to help teach people of important aspects of our existence, of life bring to light the critical issues that are facing humanity and our planet. So that also was wrapped into a lot of the belief and a lot of the things and how I was approaching things. So when I was posting, um, a lot of the musicians in the community, the Atlanta community, which had a lot of great musicians, I played with everybody up there. And with that posting, then people were starting to drop away a little bit. And I noticed that they felt threatened. I was the only vegan in the, the music community that I knew of because I was playing with all these folks and I finally figured out I'm, I'm the only vegan. I may have had a couple of vegetarians that were in there, but I was the only vegan. So with all the posting that I did and everybody saw the posting that I did, uh, phone calls started to drop off for gigs so I said, okay that's the way they feel then that that's fine uh, i have no problem with that so consequently i found my way through and i actually came out um in into some very interesting and very high level playing situations that were above what a number of the other people were doing so i was playing with uh, uh, a world-class turkish percussionist named emir kotan um, I'm on his one of his albums. We had a world group together, uh, some incredible musicians. Um, I ended up being the jazz pianist for the third largest arts center in the country, which is the Woodruff Arts Center in Atlanta. I played with symphony members, so I was their jazz pianist for several years. So things worked out as they do when you hold on to your guns. <laughs> well, or let them go. Let the guns yeah. go. Let the knives go. Yeah. And it's yeah. interesting. It's 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 being guided in the right direction and then really listening and staying full in our integrity 
without with the compassion of understanding that these people have been lied to as well as we have, you know, about what's on our plate and how that impacts human earth and animal liberation. Right. It's yeah. so it's, they have been part of a system, a very corrupt system that has taught them, you know, like that we need meat, we need milk. And the opposite is true. We know that to be true. But I, I would really love to hear how going vegan has interwoven into your life and has changed you somehow. So I know that you're connecting with a lot of vegan artists now. You were on our convergence with um, Vegan Queen V and yes. Jesus, yeah, and Chris Hines, who's doing yeah. a beautiful documentary on the history of music and veganism which is a lot longer than we know and it sounds like one of the great benefits of going vegan and really following your heart is who you've got to connect with other the other vegans the powerful beautiful passionate that's the one thing about vegans <laughs> right when you meet a vegan and then you meet an artist a creative artist and you add those two passions together whoa oh, man yeah you, you, get, you get you get that explosion you get and, that explosion and yeah and and that is life-changing it really is when when you're in that mode of living it does and that happened when I met Jeff Francis. Jeff and I were on LinkedIn. We had not connected yet, but I saw something that he had commented on. He saw what I commented on, sent a message. It said, uh, hey, would you like to start a conversation? Because I, I liked what you said. I don't recall what it was. So that started the whole relationship. And we started conversations about the arts, what he was doing, what I was doing. That's when it all began. And that's when everything opened up. And that has been the journey that has culminated into the veganism and what I'm doing as an artist. So working with Jeff, that opened up all these new areas. We started our, our first project together was with uh, Bite Size Epiphanies. And that was by started by Francesca Cook, who was a graphic artist. Bite Size is no longer kind of dormant right now. But she came up with the idea of doing these small, and that's why it was called Bite Size. We were doing things 30, 40 seconds, one minute, because of people's attention span. We wanted to grab them quickly put out a message and just have it short and sweet. So the first one that we did was called Mother's Milk and was about the dairy industry. So Francesca put together the graphics and the motions. She's a very nice and very accomplished artist. So I put the music to it. Uh, we put the, uh, the entire package together and the first release coincided with Mother's Day in the UK. And um, interestingly enough, everybody, <laughs> um, all the vegans I'm working with now are based in the UK. Of course, Jeff, you know, is, is, uh, is a Brit. 
Francesca, uh, Chris Hines, Queen V. Yeah. So, um, and I've, a lot of vegans in the UK. A lot of vegans in the UK, and I've I've always felt close to the UK for a number of reasons. Um, uh, with Brit humor going all the way back to Monty Python and earlier from that, so um, I fell right in with them. So the, we did Mother's Milk. Um, so we released that on Mother's Day in the UK. Then we decided to release it worldwide and. I, we got in translations from about 25 different languages. So I edited all those in to the music track, and we released those um, coinciding with Mother's Day from countries around the world. Beautiful. Thank you. So, yeah, that, that was it was quite interesting um, to, to have all those languages uh, doing that same message. So that was the first project that Jeff and I really worked on. Then came up, we just started putting some um, of my music together with, of course, with his filmmaking, his photography, his poetry, and his lyrics. So we're in the process of where we actually are just getting ready to put out an, an ebook, which is a compilation of the lyrics. It's going to be about 500 plus pages. Wow. So what we are doing, <clears throat> we want to do a collaboration with artists around the world. So we decided to open up the lyric collection. Anybody that wants to collaborate with us, if they see the lyric, they get a certain idea about it. We have a few different genres. We have a we have plans to do an album in a number of genres. We're going to do an R&B a soul, a classical, the jazz album is almost finished, the first one. So we're working in those directions, but we want to open it up to people that may want to take the lyrics. They can do their own production with it. They can collaborate with us on a production. So everything will be done on an individual basis. So that's going to be coming out very soon. We're just doing the proofreading on the ebook at this point. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. beautiful. You know, yeah. so that's what I see when I come into the vegan community is, is I find a community. And um, out of Climate Healers, we've we founded a community called the Million Vegan Grandmothers. And this is really interesting. Even if you live across the world and you connect with another vegan, instantly you feel like you're family. Yeah, you do. You do. And that's the power of veganism. And with that, you are working in concert with one another. That's when a lot of the competition drops away. And you're not fighting each other. You're not trying to beat out the other person. You said, what can we do together to make things better? Because we're all, we all are working like-minded. So stripping away all of the garbage, so to speak, that gets in the way of people truly working together. So that's what we're doing. We offer these things for free. Uh, we want people to be able to work with us. We work completely pro bono in, in what we're doing. And we're inviting people, as many other organizations are, 
So the more you do it, the more you find more people who are willing to collaborate with you in a number of different ways. And it's it's just it just gives you a, a tremendous feeling of I know people use the word empowerment, but it it goes beyond that. You have that universality of the, the togetherness with people on a genuine level. And you get to use the written word and the intuitive heart-centered written word with your incredible ability to create music on many levels and then the art the collaboration of of i mean i've seen some of jeff francis art one of my favorite is uh, alternative nativity and you know if a if a painting speaks a thousand words and then a poet could speak to a thousand hearts and a musician could speak to a million trillion cells of our being (laughs) the combination of those can create beautiful music together music on on a visual and yeah so my partner and I are are writing a book where we're taking quite a bit of time to write a book that I had an inspiration to write called grief mapping Uh and we're looking at Kubler-Ross's famous five stages of grief and playing around with them a little bit and seeing, you know, maybe that's actually the very beginning of grief to actually, you know, want to go into denial, to want to bargain it away, to want to, you know, get angry about it, to maybe get a little depressed and then just move into acceptance. And I know she didn't mean it quite that lightly, but what we had devised is after we feel all those as vegans and animal activists, then we need to move into another five stages. So our five stages are the very first one is the felt sense shock, because unless we allow ourselves, when we invite people into our world through music, through video, through art, we're saying, look, please just look and allow yourself to feel the shock of what you have been not told and what has been lied to you about. Allow yourself to feel it. And then we move into empathy and compassion, empathy for ourselves, empathy for all beings. And then the next step in the grief mapping is creative action, because unless we're going to take action and get creative, we can get stuck looping in anger and disappointment and maybe over posting, just like, please, please. But if we move into a creative way to process this shock and have empathy for everyone involved, including the people that aren't awake yet, then it moves it into this beautiful flow, this rhythm, this way, this harmony, and this collaboration of people coming together and different pathways to heal. We find different pathways to heal together through creative action. Yes. That's what I see you doing, Darren. You've, you've, You've found people that have been doing this for many, many years, like you have, multi decades, and you're bringing it together into creative action to bring forth to the people a way of looking at this that's not confrontational in that same way, that's not pointing fingers, but saying, please, please, compassionately just have a look. Yes, have an open-minded look. And and what you mentioned, Tammy, 
is so critical. Um, I have a social media network that I purposely have built over many years. I have a global network of connections, everything from doctors, researchers, venture capitalists, the environmentalists, all the way down the line. And I did that so that I could get a larger picture of what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing your art, you also have to obviously stay aware of what's happening. Conversation over the past couple of years is how do we connect with what we call the general population? And what you mentioned, inviting them to take part, inviting them to take a look. So how do we do that? We have to have methods to do that. We have to have some vehicles to do that. Um, Sorry. Okay. Maybe that's your message, your vehicle. Is that one of your vehicles? <laughs> that's that's actually Jeff Francis calling from Portugal. <laughs> well, I do not think I do not believe in coincidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You so, think that he portaled his way to you and he felt our connection right now uh, and yeah, talking yeah. about him? Yeah. I love that. I love yeah, that that yeah. was a confirmation that we're yeah. all connected. Yeah. So inviting people in, and that's that's what's happening right now because once I realized. Um, to be able to work with people that are like-minded and to be able to use these vehicles. And when you were asking me about the music, I also do sound design. So I just don't take a plug-in on my music programs and say, oh, okay, here's piano, here's strings, here's voice, here's other instruments. I do a lot of sound design specifically to make these sounds so that they inspire, that they have some things obviously are done very simply, but other things get quite complex with layers. Um, I use the most powerful sound engine that's on the market around the world. And the depth of what you can do in this program, it's endless what you're able to do. So on our Bonobo TV publishing site, which Bonobo TV or Bonobo.tv with the words and music to inspire, we have a note on there that these have been meticulously mixed and meticulously put together. The best experience to for them is using headphones so that you can have that sonic between back and forth. Um, so it's uh <clears throat> It has come full circle for me at this point. This is what I feel most comfortable with. This is where my greatest satisfaction is now. And using the music that way has really opened up. Um, and when you were asking about what has what has the music done and my approaches, that's where it's come to. And it continues. Uh, yes, when we were on the um, the convergence and you played the waggle dance, by the way, there's Mr. Pollen Pants right there. <laughs> That's one of one of two pieces that my wife surprised me with because it was so intense working with the waggle dance because I w- we were also working with something I don't think we mentioned 
that we have the Atlas Vegan Community School in Uganda. Beautiful. Who's part of this project. Uh, we were not able to use the voices on the first track that we did with uh, Jen Armstrong, Vegan Queen V, because it, it just didn't match up and we had some issues with the editing. So what I've done is I've taken their voices and tremendous amount of editing is going on the same way with all the video, which Jeff is working on right now, that we got things stitched together. They have their own complete version because you heard the waggle dance. The version for the Atlas students, it's completely different. It's more of an Afro pop type of an approach. Hey, beautiful. So I'm actually finishing up uh, enough of the mix this week. Um, Musisi Mike, who is the founder and director of um, the Atlas Vegan School, they are having a festival coming up this weekend. So I'm going to have that ready for them. So they're able to play it. They're very anxious to hear it. It's been on hold for a number of months because um, I had some issues over the summer. I wasn't able to work on production. So I finally got back to it and uh, got some things aligned. So their piece is going to be coming out. But that was one of the two pictures that my wife surprised me with the day I finished the mix on the waggle dance. So she said, I was going to surprise you with this. They were not framed yet. So she just brought them in. She laid them out on top of my keyboard. And she said, and this is actually a local artist. Um, wow. She's... She does. Uh, she's done a whole series of bees. And in fact, uh, here in St. Pete, we are known for our murals on buildings. They have mural tours. And she actually did one on the side of a jewelry store, which um, with the bees. And it's beautiful. It's huge. Um, so that that was uh, that was a real nice surprise to happen. So the uh, the waggle dance is very much alive. The, the current other current project that Jeff and I are working on uh, is addressing the whaling in Iceland. And we wrote a song, uh, it's called Heroes to Zeros. And actually the Captain Paul Watson Foundation, we sent it to them. Uh, Jeff has got some contacts inside the foundation. They love it. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh. I was I, I knew that was in the mix. Yeah, yeah. So they are planning to do a video by the end of the year using the song. Um Martin Alquist from Vistopia. Um, he's on it. Um, Jen Armstrong, vegan queen V is on there. Uh, we have another um artist is with us, Eliza Cleary. She's on there. Um, I'm one of the vocalists and Jeff is also a vocalist. I pulled him in. I said, Jeff, <laughs> just, just do some of the things on there. And he sent his, his tracks across and, uh, some of, of his voice. Cause you, you know, Jeff's voice, the way he speaks. So when he was reciting came out, it reminded me of Boris Karloff, a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit of that darkness to it. So anyway, I, I I got him in the mix. So that's that's the next one that's coming out. So um, 
yeah, we're we're real happy about that. It came out very good. Yeah. Tremendous amount of work, Darren. And yeah. you know, it 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 feels so beautiful to connect with with uh, a person moving into maybe the last third of our lives, or you know, we don't really know with the uh, environment the way everything's going in our ecosystems. But let's say we're we're moving into that stage of our life where we've collected a lot of stuff and let go of a lot of stuff and then found a place where we settled in and that's veganism because veganism describes all of that i thank you so much for your work and bonobo tv publishing and the work that's to come forth and the one thing i was saying to my partner yesterday is that i feel on fire i feel like i have more creative energy than i ever have and it just doesn't go away he's he's used to single tasking and i'm multitasking all the time it's like i'm doing this and i'm doing this and more. yes and, <laughs> and i see that in you and so there's no chance of us aging or worrying about that with that creative life force running through i can feel that you're just yeah. so excited about your project. So what would be the message that you would give people if they're feeling a little stuck and not able to move through the grief of the world? You know, they're maybe stuck in that felt sense shock and, and not quite able to go into empathy and compassion through to creative action, to take some creative action that makes them feel alive in them amongst a world that's dying, you know? So- yeah. What would you say to those people? How can they just get on that, get on that feeling, get that feeling within? What What would you say to them? What would be your one message to them? That has come up a number of times through the years when I see people who are making comments um, and they're posting and they're serious. They feel very down of even people who are on the verge of suicide. They feel so strongly about what's happening that they said, I, I think I would just want to unplug from everything. So in those cases, Tammy, do something with your whatever you're able to do. Uh, you have a craft, you want to write, um, you want to bake, do something. But the essence of all of that is to tap into the universal energy and something that I use as a message to a lot of the folks that I communicate with. We are a global collective mm -hmm. and it's not an, it's not an ego thing. It's not a holier than thou those. And people need to understand that also because they think that we have this superiority complex and it's not about that. That's another message that also has to come out. Vegans have to stop the infighting that, that's going on. And it's I'm seeing a lot more of collaborating. I'm seeing a lot more unity. So tap into, just go for a meditation for a moment. Relax, tap in and know that that strength is always there that you can draw on because it's it's palpable when you go into it. Know that. Talk to somebody if you need to get a mentor, but just go in inside yourself and realize that our collective 
is continue is continuing to grow those millions are it's just being added to um, each moment as people are making the realization and making the connection that there's something to be done and their voice is very much needed so we need you is the message message to people and we need to find a way to do it with non-causal joy and love as the grandmothers speak all the time that we are fierce love for our grandchildren, the grandchildren of all species, not just human, the grandchildren of all species compels us to act out of love, compels us to act out of love. And that love has to be first turned inward. So turning this suffering of the world inward for too long creates depression and creates inertia. But we take that love that we feel for our grandchildren of all species, the the ecosystems and their home, the grandchildren of all species and their home, and we turn it into this, this collective love, as you talk about, Darren, and we go forth and multiply the message. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Yeah. And thank you, Darren, for your beautiful work. And I would suggest go on to Bonobo TV Publishing, listen to some of Darren's gorgeous music and below you will also have access to his website and when you're going into that meditation as Darren suggested put on some of this music that's been downloaded to this incredible vegan musician and thanks again Darren oh thank you Tammy we we love you and we we appreciate everything that you're doing it's an absolute pleasure thank you